Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is a story about a series of murders and disappearances that happened in the winter of 2000, previously on New Winter. I opened the door and in a moment I was blinded by the light. I felt something dragging me further into the room. I kept walking and then suddenly I recognized where I was. I was somewhere I'd been not even that long ago. I was somewhere high, looking down into a forest and in that forest I saw myself looking back up at me. I was still surrounded by that blue light and here I was back in the town back in the tower Before we begin this week's episode I just wanted to say thank you to all my patrons You can become a patron yourself by signing up to patreon.com/newwinter I'd also like to make you guys aware of the book that I wrote which is called The Legacy of Gaia Volume 1 The Underworld You can search for it now on Amazon and download it on your Kindle or device there. Now I'd like to begin episode 40 of a new winter. As I looked down into the forest, I knew it was definitely me. But what was I doing there? What exactly was happening? Then the blue light flashed brighter, and suddenly I was back in the room I'd walked into mere moments before. But with no blue light, nothing just a normal empty room i was sweating profusely i took off the pillowcase that I still had on and took a few breaths what just happened just then someone pulled open the door another man with a pillowcase hood was it the same guy great he said you're here time to do what you're here for put your hood back on and he threw me a set of keys i grabbed them and then saw what was in his other hand it was a gun Come on, he said. Let's get this over with already. I followed him as we stuck to the walls. I pulled my hood down over my face, like he said. The lights now back to normal, and we snuck around, careful not to bump into anyone until till we heard some kind of singing, a gentle singing coming from a nearby room. Open it up, the other man said. I took a look at the lock and tried the appropriate keys until one clicked. Stay out here and keep watch. he said and there I stayed I tried to listen into what they were saying in that room but it was impossible just a bunch of murmurs then the other masked man walked out and behind him was the tuli look like I'd run into earlier 
Mr. Tooley, I said, quietly under my breath. Huh? What? He replied. Nothing, the other hooded man said. Don't listen to him. Now go on. The old man ran off, leaving us two to carry Don down the corridor. What the fuck is going on? I said. You'll see. Just shut up and follow my lead, okay? Hey, we heard someone shout. It was one of the guards from earlier. He was running towards us. Bang! And suddenly, like that, he just dropped to the floor. This psycho next to me just shot him, point blank. Jesus, what are you doing? And I shook him. But he was just staring at his gun. And then at me. I... But, but this wasn't... I don't know, I, I wasn't paying attention. Snap out of it, I said. We've got to get out of here. I shook him and pushed him onwards. No, he said, there's no point. There's no point, he kept saying. Don't you see? There's no point now. I need to fix this. Oh, I have to remember what to do. He was starting to panic. I put a hand on his shoulder. Look, I just want to get out of here. I just... This way. And we heard a shout. We crawled around the corner and I peeked my head round. And it was two more of the guards, posing as nurses. One of them was holding a machine gun this time. Shit, I thought. But then out of nowhere, my new accomplice decided to get up and start shooting again. And kill both of them, like that. That's it, I said. I'm out of here. And as he made his way to the dead guards, I decided to just run. As I turned another corner, I suddenly saw a corridor, like the one I'd just woken up in at this hospital. There must have been patients in each of these rooms, but how many of these corridors were there? How many full of these, these poor souls? I looked down at the keys and decided to do something about it. I decided now I was going to be a hero for once. I was going to free everyone here, no matter what. This was no way to be treated, and besides, God knows what would happen to them if they stay here any longer in this hellish place. I opened the doors one by one, then as people started to come out, I realised, Jesus, it's the same. They're all me. All of them. None of them could see who I was, and were so fixated on being free, they didn't seem to care who else was there. As I reached the end of the corridor, I suddenly realised something. In fact, it was something that I should have guessed. The first door that I unlocked, the very first one in this corridor, was still shut. In fact, it was the only one that was shut. And then, then that's when I heard the machine gun fire. I ran towards the noise, but it was too late. It stopped. And as I turned the corner... I saw the heap of bodies that I'd already seen, not even that long ago. Standing at the other end was my accomplice, the other hooded man, and a machine gun in his hand. He dropped it to the floor, seemingly empty, and I didn't know whether to fight or flee. In fact, for a moment we just stood there, looking at one another. And somehow... I knew exactly what was happening. In fact, in a weird way, it was almost as if I always knew. That blue light, I said to him. I've been sent back in time or something, haven't I? I think we both have, 
he replied, and took off his hood. And there he was, me, bandage and all. I tried, he said. I really tried to make it different, to change things. What, what is it, I said. What's happening? Are you, are you me from the future then? I don't know, he said. I don't know, I don't think so. I mean, I think, I think it's something to do with what's down here. It's like there's a, a split between realities or something. I, I don't know, it doesn't make sense. It's making my head hurt. We need to get out of here first. My old self is about to wheel over here any minute, and I don't think we should be here when I do. We walked away from the corridor, hid in a nearby room. Why did you kill them all? I said. Because, because I shot the guard. Don't you see, that's what I was trying to avoid. Once that had happened, I knew, I just knew I had to fulfil the rest. In order for me, in the past, to continue and become who I am, who we are. Who we are, I said. And who are we? Well, what do you remember? He asked. Well, I remember after the machine gun fire, coming to see the bodies. Then the power goes out. A man takes me to an operating room where... And then it dawned on me. The second me continued speaking. Where two men with pillowcases on their heads were. That's us. We have to continue. Both of us. I sent the two needle to come meet me. Take me to us. We need to find Dr. Carver now and get him ready to operate. Don't you see, we're from two different timelines merging into one another. Uh, no, I said, I, I don't see. In fact, I don't get it at all. Look, let's just get to Carver, he said. Then we can sort this out after. As we made our way to the room, we bumped into Carver. And just then, the lights went out. Shit, I said, and grabbed the doctor before he could run away. I took hold of him and searched his pockets, and I found a little torch. Shh, come on, calm down, I said to him as he struggled to get free. I need you to come with us. You have a room with a generator, don't you? Some kind of emergency operating theatre or something. Yes, he said, that's correct, but... Just take us there, my new partner in crime said. We followed him to the room, and there, indeed, was the same operating table, with the generator nearby. Turn it on, I said, and he did so. The lights came on and I switched the torch off and put it in a nearby drawer. I'll go wait outside, the other me said. Just look after him. Carver sat on the chair. I grabbed a nearby knife and sat there, just pointing it at him. I know who you are, he said. In fact, I know who you both are. Yeah, I'm sure you do, I said, growing impatient. Then you'll know, he said, that there's a reason that all this is happening. Well, in fact, that this has already happened. Am I correct? Oh, just get to it, I said. I hate all this talking around shit that you do. Just get to the bloody point. <laughs> well, the truth of the matter is that this is all pointless, really, isn't it? There can only be one you. And they all need to die. All of them. There is only one me, I answered. They might be versions of me. There might be a million versions of me, but I am me. And no one can tell me otherwise. Dr. Carver gave a short laugh. <laughs> if this is all to be believed, then there are millions of versions of us all. In fact, an infinite number. 
but not all existing at the same time now. Who says you're even in the right place? Who says you're the one that belongs here? My mind whirred away. Look, if you don't be quiet, I whispered in his ear. I'm going to slice your fucking throat and think nothing of it. I'm going to die anyway, right? <laughs> you, you wouldn't, he said. And then I pushed the knife into the back of his neck, just a little bit, to make him bleed slightly. Well, I said, that's if I decide to kill you straight away, that is. I could feel him shaking now. You really are who they say, aren't you? I took a step back. What was I doing? Just then the door burst open. And I came wheeling in, the old me. My partner stepped out from behind the chair and in front of the old me. Now, Dr Carver, he said, same as last time. It's time to operate. But, but it could be fatal, the doctor answered. Not sure whether he knew what was going to happen or not. It's a risk, yes, but we don't think it'll be a problem. What is happening here, the old me cut in. As I looked at myself, I realised how pathetic I looked. How small and weak I was. How small and weak I am. And it got me angry. We're going to save your life, I said. Dr Carver here is going to cut out the tumour or whatever it is that's in your brain that's killing you. Dr Carver mumbled. I could see the trickle of blood flowing down the back of his neck. I... I don't know if... Listen, my partner was getting angrier now. I could feel his impatience, his need to just get through this. You're going to put him under and cut it out. I know you can do it. It's important that he lives, do you understand? So don't mess up. The doctor was shaking. Look, the old me said, I appreciate that you guys are trying to help me out or something, but really, this is completely unnecessary. I was starting to get annoyed. I needed this to end soon. I looked around and saw a needle already filled with something, and I grabbed it, remembering what had happened before. It's necessary, I'm afraid, my partner said. In fact, you don't realise how necessary it actually is. You'll be fine, don't worry. And I walked up to this tiny man in the wheelchair, this shadow of myself, and I injected him, probably more forcibly than I should have. And slowly he fell to sleep. Oh, thank God, I said, and grabbed the old me from the chair. A little help, I said. And we got the old us onto the operating table. There you go, my partner said to him. Do your worst. I sat there and watched as Dr. Carver began working on me. I don't know why, but I wanted to keep the pillowcase on. Clearly so did my partner. I don't know why, it just made me feel more at ease. Almost a strange separation from this strange world that we've now found ourselves in. This is impossible to do by myself, the doctor was murmuring. Yet, do it you must, I said back. And the strange thing was, I didn't feel stressed. I knew he was obviously going to make it happen. There was whirrings and tools, mushy sounds, bloody splatting onto the ground. But I couldn't bear to watch. I just wanted it to be over with. However, the other me was now getting antsy. He was pacing around, mumbling quietly to himself. I hoped he hadn't become unhinged. Maybe had I become unhinged? Do I become unhinged? It was very tough. Hours must have gone by. Perhaps days. There, Dr Carver said. It's done. It's over. 
Right? Can I leave now? Then it occurred to me. What happens to Dr. Carver now? When I saw him, he was... But it was too late. All of a sudden, I saw my partner suddenly grab a knife off the side. But he wasn't going for Carver. He was going for the old me on the table. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. For more info, including how you can support the show, please visit anewwinter.com. Thank you for listening to A New Winter.